This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. What's up, everyone? It's episode 80 of Beers in the Lot. Now, despite a small technical misstep at the beginning here, this was another good episode. We recapped the Olympics and ate some crow. We talked a lot about Montreal and some about Philly. And John recounted the four-on-four game he played on Sunday night because not enough people showed up. But let's get to it. Let's crack those beers, question mark? All right. Start again, John. Ask me what I'm drinking. Aaron, what are you drinking? Come on. Put some emotion into it. Sorry. The reason why like I am did is because Aaron, Aaron didn't hit record the first time. So now I have to be a method actor and get into character again. Excuse me. Let me get Daniel Day-Lewis on you. You know, 80 episodes in for the first time, we forgot to hit record. You know, I'm, I'm going to say that it's, yeah, it's you're not okay. cutting this part out. You are not cutting this out. This is staying you, in. You bite your tongue. <laughs> I'm going to edit it around. I'm going to auto-tune you. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to auto-tune you. Like so you like, sorry, like t pay <laughs> Oh, it's not like T-Pain. It's not like T-Pain. I mean, Aaron, I didn't hear a crack. What are you sipping? You sipping on some syrup over there? I actually did crack something. I had to crack the ginger beer that went into my Moscow mule because I forgot to go out and get beer. So figured i'd have an old favorite and a moscow mule so cracked open a goslings ginger beer's gotta be goslings i'm telling you there's no better ginger beer they for have paid moscow sponsor mules. now <laughs> no, no 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 i've tried different ginger beers and goslings is the best so that's just facts not an ad so what you're saying is the last time i had a moscow mule it was not good enough because i didn't have Correct. that if you didn't have goslings oh. it was not good enough well where do you get it the store actually i got it from the grocery store yeah okay i'll just pick <laughs> one of the 15 grocery stores around here i, I got it from martin's stage and from coach. weiss i've got it from yeah <laughs> which stage coach did you rob, rob the stage coach <laughs> no no i got it from you know i got it from multiple different groceries it's available dude okay okay it's available. It's all, right. Available. You, all right you can find I've only it. seen it in liquor stores maybe it's just me i'm not looking for it so i guess that's probably part of it at one point, I was really looking for it because I couldn't find it. And then everywhere had it. Like, all of a sudden, every grocery store I was in had it. And I, like, stocked up. So I've got a bunch. But So if nice. you want one, just let me know. I can bring you some. Well, well apparently, I have to make a new one. because <laughs> you got to try you know, it again. The last one I have is crap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are you drinking, John? Uh, I have a uh, great taste, less filling Miller Lite. Well, what is it? Great taste or less filling? Well, I believe it's both. Well, which side are you on, though? Even if it is both, you have to pick a side. Mm. <laughs> you're like, no, nah, I'm not I mean, going I, to. <laughs> I, I actually, I mean, I think if you're looking for light beers, we can, we can kind of rank them. Like, I, I'm a Coors Light guy. Miller Light's yeah. totally fine. Nothing wrong with Miller Light. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I will not drink a Bud Light. I will, but it's not option one through three. 
It's it's if it was handed to me, I would exactly. But diesel, different <laughs> story. Like, I'd still drink it. Yeah, I'd drink it. A Bud Diesel, really? If somebody hands it to me, hand it to me. It. Yes. Mm, I've turned I it down might before. Drink an IPA <laughs> if it's handed. To me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying, Aaron, if if I ice you with an IPA, you're gonna drink it? <laughs> There's a high oh. likelihood. <laughs> okay, I'll remember that. Daniel, he, I just pictured him chugging I it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Make that's sure not it's happening. warm too. Like, like, just make him hate it. I will draw a line somewhere. <laughs> Danny, what are you drinking? Uh, I have a Elysian Space Dust IPA. Nice. Uh, the experience by date is June 28th of 21. Uh-oh. So, Oh! But but I'm unlike unlike John. I will not complain about it. I'll just drink it. <laughs> hey, hey, we gotta fill some content here. I mean, Riggs is out again, so we gotta we gotta fill another few minutes here. No, <laughs> maybe you should. No, don't let him get on that soapbox again. I'm fine. I just well, what what day is it? What day are we recording? Monday. What day, please? It is Monday. What what are you looking for? The date. Twenty first. It is the 21st of February. Okay. So that beer is almost a year old. So in baby terms, it can almost walk. That beer should walk to the trash because it's expired. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, get off my soapbox. (laughs) Because I'm so short, I usually take three or four soapbox crates, stand up so people can see when I yell, project my voice. Yeah, <laughs> but what's new? What's exciting? Olympics are over. Yeah, Olympics are over. Wow. We uh, wow. we got burned wow. talking Ace. about the Olympics last week, talking like, oh, we're gonna do so well, and then Slovakia well, medaled for the first time in history. Yeah, and I was which is great for Slovakia. Them. It was funny because I said I think I. I even I went back and I kind of like made note of what I said. It was like hopefully we get through the quarters good i feel good about the teams we go up against but slovakia in the shootout and that's the one thing about like double ihf yeah. events it goes to the a shootout, shootout and in the shootout it is who knows who freaking knows you never know it's a crap shoot yeah good on slovakia they have uh yeah. you know first time they've ever meddled in any olympic competition men's or women's so get on them that, that's awesome who won? Uh, oh yeah, Finland, Finland beat those Russian Olympic cheaters. Or oh, what's the? It's ROC. <laughs> what is it? I don't remember. I think you had it. I think you had it right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But I was actually more happy to see Finland because they had. Uh, if you kind of looked at some of like the uh, press they did after, so they had like Uncle Leo on the team, Sammy Votnin. Um, about Terry Philpola, which is actually kind of interesting because I looked up his hockey DB after. I he hasn't won. He won a World Junior Championship, a World Championship, Stanley Cup, and an Olympic gold medal. So like he's, he's in the club. Then. Yeah, he's in the triple gold club. I'm pretty sure if I remember right. Uh, I did see something like back in Finnish TV. Timu Solani and Kimo uh, Timu doing yeah. doing TV, and they were popping champagne bottles and stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. These guys are really excited. So yeah, that's awesome. them. They had a 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I was happy. I mean, kind of happy Russia didn't get a gold medal again. So good on Finland for sticking it to him. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And we had uh, USA and Canada in the gold medal game for the women, and Canada prevailed. Uh, it's disappointing, but you know what? The best two teams by far played in the gold and silver medal game, and hey, Canada won. Good yeah. for them. Team USA started. I mean, it's they as the Mike Babcock saying goes, they didn't really start on time. Mm-hmm. So when you have to play catch up the whole time, it's tough. Uh, MPP, she's awesome at international women's hockey. I mean, she yeah. she's yeah. great. Or four Olympics in a row, she scored in the gold medal game. Yeah, Correct. that's and no that's no man is no man or other woman has done that. So yeah. Good on That's her. Amazing. And actually, and I think she's already committed to doing one more tenure for the Olympic team. Oh, I mean, wow. it's a long four years. So I mean, she could she could at some point go like, maybe I don't want to go around and do it again and right. whatever. But I, I think it's you know good for her. And Team USA is now in this weird position too, because they have somewhat of an aging core. So we'll see what happens with them. I don't know. Hopefully. I think some will stay on night. I think Hillary Knight said she wants to do it again. So, and I think a lot of those women, if they want to do it again, I think they yeah. have, they have a good path. Yeah. They have a good path. Maybe they won't, but you never know. I mean, there were some good stories like Sarah nurse set the points record for Olympic women's hockey. I think she had like 18 or 19 points. She's a oh, wow. beast. She's cousins of Darnell nurse of Edmonton Oilers fame. Hmm. And then, um, Erin Ambrose, she was interesting because, like, I read a story about her on The Athletic that was really, really good. If you want, if anyone wants to see it, just check it out. She got cut from the previous team and actually, you know, had a lot of depression and self-doubt and whatnot. And instead of she was training, I think, I don't remember everything because I read it last week, but she was training in Montreal kind of like with Mary Poulin and all of them. And actually, instead of wanting to be around all that what's the right word, like high performance, upbeat type stuff. She went away like to Toronto, I think, or maybe it was the inverse, one of the two. Maybe she was in Toronto, went to Montreal. I can't remember where she went, but she went away from that training facility intentionally to like get away from all that and just work on herself. And she got, mm. she became a better skater. Like that was the one's knock. She, her foot speeds was a little not up to snuff and all that. And she was a monster too. So <laughs> good on her. So. Yeah. I like stories. I mean, we always joke like sports oh, are yeah. more stories than actual sports, but it, it was. I mean, especially some of the other stuff that came out of the Olympics, not just hockey related, but like, you know, yeah. I like stories. <laughs> it's just a shame that the game times weren't more in the middle of prime time. I mean, the replays were, but uh, it, it's it's way better to see Actually, it live, it, of course. It but. didn't matter. Did you see that game for Team USA Women's? USA and Canada, it was like 3.4 or 3.9 million people watched it, which is more than any NHL hockey game, period. That's, and that's also, awesome. no, no one brought up the fact that it was at 11 o'clock Eastern time. Now, yeah, mm-hmm. if you're on the West Coast, much easier on your life. Sure. But East, East Coast, best coast. So like, <laughs> you know, like, missed a lot of hockey because of the times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really bent. I'm actually yeah. really bent about that. I, I think I caught <laughs> I caught one game. 
Yeah, I watched the gold medal game. I watched the first USA and Canada game. And then I watched a good chunk of Team USA games. Uh, they had a few 11 o'clock starts and the 8 a.m. They had like three straight 8 a.m.s, which actually like helped me because it was like a Friday, Sunday, and then they played like a following Tuesday. So I was like able to catch in a good chunk. The women's, unfortunately, like the one game they played against the women against like, I forget who they played. It was in the preliminary round. I was like, I'm not even going to watch it. I hate saying that, but like, you know, it's um, when the games game. are at like three in the morning, I mean, what can you do? I mean, I can't. Well, I think we're good. Schedule. Italy, Italy, I think I'll be a little more kind on our uh, times. I, I still don't think we'll get great times, you know, but a little better for the next Winter Olympics. Yeah, I was kind of right. missing. Uh, when they had the the playoff bubble, remember the, the they had the games would start like during the middle of the day. That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> you just watch hockey from like noon all the way until like eleven o'clock at night. Well, I remember, mm-hmm. I remember all of us like kind of the the day it started, and it was they had like I think it was like those two warm. Every team got like two warm up mm-hmm. games, and they started, and it was like it was like eleven. Two, like four thirty, six thirty, and then like a nine o'clock game. It was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> so, like, if you're a big fan of like the NCAA basketball tournament, where it's like literally the same thing, that's how it was for hockey for like three weeks. It was great. Yep. I really enjoyed those, it. Those late games, the ice had to be terrible. <laughs> Sam drivers had to be just hating life. Come like intermission, second intermission of the late game. Well, yeah, and it's in, and it was in Edmonton, and they praised the ice there because it's a it's a hockey only facility. They do do other like concerts and whatnot, but I think when it's just like when you only have one pro sport, I think it's a lot easier to manage. Like sure. how you hear, yeah. like you know, you hear uh, everybody like Ovechkin. Apparently, even though he loves playing at MSG, he's like the ice there sucks because you could go there uh, for like a seven o'clock Ranger game, and then at like one o'clock that day it could be used for like a volleyball tournament for NCAA. And then yep. by five o'clock, you don't even know that a volleyball tournament was in there. Right. Or, you and know, then the as soon as the game's over, they do a flood and then they, they, yeah, they do like That's a monster truck rally or a circus Sunday, or Sunday, you know, Sunday. A, <laughs> a, a concert or whatever. And you, yeah, you'd have no idea it was a hockey rink. Yeah. Grave diggers coming in there. So, <laughs> yeah. That's the ones that really get me. It's they put down dirt over top of a hockey rink, but obviously they like have tarps and it's all kinds cover, of flooring yeah. and stuff. But I mean, it's just crazy that hey, there's ice under there. <laughs> I'll be honest. I know I've told the story in general, but like going to MSG, it makes you kind of like appreciate like the fact that that arena has been around for so long. And as yeah. goofy as it is, like if it existed, let's say in like. Pittsburgh, I would probably go like, eh, like, come on, tear let's upgrade down. this thing. Yeah, tear it down. <laughs> but like the fact that so they much literally did that they, did that. They, they actually <laughs> did. Well, yeah, and some idiots were like, oh, this is a historical building. It's like, dude, okay, yeah, we get it. But like, no. let's go. Let's get this done. Um, but the fact that like, you know, you had countless boxing matches with Tyson and Ali there, and even, you know, way back in the day with boxing like rocky marciano and stuff like that and then 
other famous events that have happened there. And then just the city of New York. Like it's very New York. That's the only way I could describe it. Like it's just, yeah. it's New York. And it's, it's one of those like celebrity kind of, at least for performing artists and such, like it's one of those like Everest kind of things. You play an MSG and it's like, you've re you're there if you're playing yeah. in Madison square yeah. garden. So all these famous artists throughout recent history have played there. And yeah, that building has, has seen so much amazing shit happen under its roof. I remember going to a game there with my brother. This is the infamous no ranger would ever dive like that <laughs> game. <laughs> In reference to Alexei Kovalev of then at the, at the time, the Ottawa Senators, who was a former ranger and won the cup, but he would never, no ranger would ever dive like that. <laughs> anyway, um, cool building. Definitely, cool. definitely got to go there if you're a hockey fan. Got to go see a game there. Even if it's just the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> Sorry, Ottawa. <laughs> what are the chances? Go go to New York once. Uh, like if you like as an American, it is your duty or internationally. <laughs> go go to New York. Like it is a mixing pot of everything that's just Oh yeah. It's just New York. That's the only way you can no describe thanks. it. Like you you see some stuff <laughs> you probably James, never want to see. Wanna go. James says, nope. nope. I'm telling no. you, man. Aaron I hate I, cities. Like, I hate cities. It's just cool. I'm not a city guy either. I'm not. I don't like being down in the city over there, but it's just like they say. It's a wonderful place. It's a nice place to visit, but I'd never want to live there. <laughs> when my brother lived there, yeah, I, I liked going up there because he could handle everything for me. It's like, oh, we need to go from here to there. Well, he knows the subway routes by heart. I don't have to worry about which I would train never I need get to get off of. Oh my subways. god, those subways are nuts, man! I don't know. I, I guess it's just a New York thing. You just memorize how the subways work because you have to know when lines run and where to change trains. And ah, it's terrible. I, I don't know how anybody does it, but I'm glad somebody did it for me. <laughs> oh. But, Public transit is just nuts in general. <laughs> it's true. It's in true. general. The, the easiest way to get to New York on the eastern coast, anyway, is, uh, is a mega bus. You take a bus up there. Yeah, you do the Mark train, man. <laughs> or you can do the train, train, yeah. Mark train's great because you can see the war zone that is Philly. You see, like, the burning tires and everything on the back end the of the city. The tire fire. Yeah. I still remember yeah. the picture you it's sent the one day when you were in Philly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like this random pit. It was a pit, like in the middle of the road. Yeah, I almost fell. I almost <laughs> fell into this hole in the middle of this parking lot, and it was like thirty feet from where I parked my car. And in the parking lot, it said, "Uh, you know, uh, customer or guest parking park here." And it was clearly defined. I'm like, "Oh, okay, it's a big parking lot." Just like oh, maybe. You know, maybe they have trucks go through, whatever. As I'm like walking, I just, I see it, you know, kind of like 10 feet away. So I wasn't like going to fall through it. But I'm like, if you're walking through here at night, you fall in and it's one of those things. It's almost like it. you go down, like you're like, you know, it'll be written up in like the New York Times or Washington Post, like local man trapped in Philadelphia well rescued <laughs> by, you know, firefighters <laughs> after three day. You know, call for help. Like I'm like, oh my god! Do they have a warning sign. Watch for pits. <laughs> nope. That's the best. It's just part. understood. It's, 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 it's understood. You gotta... You're in Philly now. <laughs> Gritty has yeah. you now. That's his home. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> one of those pits is where Gritty lives. Yeah, that's his home, man. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I mean, the whole Flyers organization is kind of in a pit right yep. now. They well, are. At least the, the on-ice part of the organization is. I, I would <laughs> hope to think they turn it around. The league's better when Philly's in the mix. I hate I saying it, but don't. it is. I would hope <laughs> so, but I would. I think it's better when they're in the mix because they're just a good, easy target to hate on. Like, well, they are <laughs> easy to hate on. Yeah. Like, like the fan, even the Flyers hate the Flyers. Like, they, they just <laughs> they like boo their own team. Yeah. They boo their own team. They don't care. Well, you know what's interesting? I heard I've been hearing more stuff in Montreal, like how they're reorganizing everything. They don't really have a skills coach, which is alarming to me. They don't have an analytics department, which I think that's like five to 10 years behind in general. <laughs> and the other thing, so like they, there's a lot of stuff that's like backwards with that organization where I'm like, what? Like I'm hearing this and I'm just like, I am floored that this is all being, you know, Jeff Gordon is like bringing it up to snuff where they should be. But you also kind of think, you know, growing up in hockey, whether you're a new fan or an old fan, you're just taught to believe like, oh, the Montreal Canadiens are the New York Yankees of, you know, the NHL. And really, you kind of look under the hood a little more. They've been doing okay the last, like, let's call it last decade, right? They've been doing okay. A couple of deep runs in the playoffs, coming off the Stanley Cup, you know, final berth, when really it's been like held together by by like rubber bands for a billion years, it looks like, which is sad, but it's kind of like that old wheel mentality. So they'll turn it around. St. Louis already right in the ship. Yeah. They need some writing though, because, uh, 51 games played Habs only have 11 wins. Oh, which is only marginally worse than the flyers who have 50 games played and 15 wins. Correct. Yeah. Not looking good for either of them. That's brutal. In terms of postseason. I, that's, I think that's the, bad. Think about that organization. They, though, they never really... let Kotkaniemi go. <laughs> yeah. I think he still like has like literally the same amount of points, which is yeah. great. He scored yeah. against on a Pittsburgh. team that's number one in the Metro. <laughs> he scored on Pittsburgh, though. <laughs> okay, great. Of course he did. <laughs> good yeah, for him. That was a good game, though. Yep. It was. That was a good game. But it is kind of shocking. Like, all right a team that has young studs, like they had Ryan Paling, who was supposed to be a stud. They got Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki. You know, you can go on for a little bit. They don't have a skill development coach. That like, is kind of crazy. So ass backwards. Yeah. Why would that be? Yeah. Like minor teams. So I think, so I, and I, I don't know this a hundred percent. This is me kind of like from what I know about how other organizations work. There's a massive, importance on what they do at their AHL level where they have the skills coach nine times out of 10 working with that group or like doing, you know, depending on the weekly schedule, like, Oh, this team has four games this week, you know, let's say the big club. So I'm going to go down to the AHL squad, wherever that may be for three or four days, or they may even have two separate staffs and they work kind of in conjunction where they have a skating coach, a skills coach, and then a goaltending kind of uh, coaching cohort. But like Montreal, they had they had a goaltending coach uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, and I don't know how much work he does with the guys down in Laval, and also too the skills coach. Like I don't know how much 
they, I don't know what the coaches in Laval were really doing. I mean, I don't, I, unfortunately I don't pay much attention to that AHL club. Like I know the penguins, the way they do it, like Ty Hennis would work with the injured guys in Wilkes-Barre and then the main group here and there. And then a lot of his time Monday through let's call it Wednesday, he was in Wilkes-Barre doing drills, you know, working with the team, implementing stuff, getting training camp together, doing other, you know, and then they had the coaches as a whole were also doing stuff within that. Like Mike Sullivan does, you know, skill work in some of his practice and even the players take it upon themselves too. So they're doing stuff, but I'm more shocked. Like if you're at Laval, you know, a guy like Ryan Paling or even Cole, who was down there, like who's a skills coach to kind of help you out, like to kind of do stuff. And I'm sure some of those guys were seeking it out themselves, but like, how are you developing guys? Like just by throwing right. in a game, like I'm, yes, they develop to some extent, but there's also little stuff like Toronto does it like first class. They have Daryl Belfry and they, you know, they have the Marlies working all the time on that stuff. That's why a lot of people like going in the AHL that are just on AHL contracts. They like going to Toronto because they're like, I can work on other things and then become a more attractable free agent later down the line. It's not just an AHL right. thing. It could be later down the line on an NHL thing. If, if it's not with Toronto even. So it's like kind of shocking to me. I'm like, how the hell wouldn't this, I just don't, it's so strange to me to hear. Yeah, I agree. Can you think of anybody that, that developed under Montreal recently? Maybe. No. Because Suzuki <laughs> Suzuki was a trade from uh, Las Vegas. He was drafted from Las Vegas, and then he went there. Uh, Ryan Paling, I think that kid like had a hat trick when he came. He like came on for like near the end of the season. I think Ryan Paling scored like three goals in his first freaking game, and then he like has been bounced back and forth. And I feel like Descharm never gave him a chance. But for the most part, also Montreal's been old. You got to think that too. Like mm-hmm. they've been an older club. They have Paul Byron, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, even though he's a little newer, Carey Price was the starting goalie forever. So if you're a, you know, kind of goalie trying to move up the depth chart, it's not like you're going to do it much. Uh, they had Victor Mete. I don't even know where the hell he is. He was a defenseman there. And they had Patch already until Patches, Patches went to Vegas. Vegas. Mm-hmm. That's where the Suzuki trade. Yeah. Good. That's Suzuki. Right yeah. Now. But I mean, that's the thing. Like they had guys who were kind of developed for the most part as NHL players. But in terms of their young talent, like I can't, I mean, outside of like Cole where they drafted him technically, but maybe that could be part of it too. You look at kind of like the stuff Cole went through. He had that big jump coming from the Hobie Baker and everything in the NCAA, you know, career. And then bang, he's in the NHL roster in a playoff run. He does fine. And then this year where it's more consistent, normal year, he just kind of was like flatlined. But then St. Louis, and I don't know what St. Louis is really doing with him. I think he's given a little more confidence. And you kind of look too, like it almost looks like he's moving more. He's doing different stuff. I can't, I don't know what he's doing, but he scored again tonight. So I think that's what, five goals in six games or something like that. I mean, he's he's scoring, he's shooting. He looks more like, I, I made the joke on Discord. I was like, he looks more like the boy we were all hoping he'd be last year, <laughs> yeah. like our proud dads we are about him but it's like he's starting to have fun you think he's starting to have fun again oh i think the whole team looks different i mean josh anderson said point blank before they uh you know the charm got waxed he's like it's not really fun to go to the rink now it is a job they're getting paid a ton of money that's a problem and then you look at it now i would i would definitely say 
Montreal is transitioning. Like if you are in Montreal or if you're outside of that and you really think like they're going to be in the playoffs next year, I'm almost half tempted to bet you money. They won't. They have with, 11 with wins. The they're in the base, the literal basement of the Eastern conference they, right now. There the is no way they're calling back next year. They are no. the basement of the league. Actually. I think they yeah, have the I least wins in the league. I just don't see them. Well, it's because Shea Weber is not going to be playing. Unfortunately, like mm-hmm. it, it just sounds like his foot and his shoulder and his wrist are just so tattered. And he was right. held together by some miracle for the Stanley Cup run. And it's just not going to work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Carey Price, you don't, you don't know if even in the offseason, let's say maybe the team just wants to pull the Band-Aid on him now. Carey Price has a few good years left in him still. I'm sure he does. He's very capable. Maybe some team goes like, we need him. You know, we, this is the piece we need that we know if we have a goalie that can get us through, you know, kind of through what we need, we, we got the horses to help right. out. And does Kerry want to go through a rebuild? No. And also, right. does Montreal no. want $10 million on the salary cap no. during a rebuild? Kerry a wants a cup. He wants a cup. That's what he wants. Yeah. And who wouldn't? I mean, it's a, it's a perfect opportunity for Montreal to, to flip him into some picks and spark their rebuild, honestly. Yeah. That's what they really should do. Let Kerry jump onto a team that has a real chance that ha- at a cup. Maybe Latango go there. You never know. I mean, it's yeah. crazy. You shut Who your knows? mouth. <laughs> There's a lot of signs. I'm just saying. A lot of signs. The the new GM is his former agent. <laughs> his agent is no longer because he took a GM position in the NHL. <laughs> so, he seems like a guy that would want to we'll collect see. that big check. Oh, totally. and I mean, good for him. Needs it for good hair for him. Go ahead. Yeah, get get your bag, bud. Get your bag. Not going to meet on this. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the other thing about pro sports. I mean, so many people get attached to these players, and I'm more like, I kind of like the logo. Like, I really like it. Yeah, and and the other thing too, like all these people too, like that are you know, I've been seeing it lately. Like they're they're talking about uh oh the greatest Penguins of all time by point per game. They're like, it's Paul, Coffey, Larry Murphy, and Latang. Latang should retire a penguin. I'm like, well, Larry Murphy and Paul Coffey didn't retire, didn't retire penguins. penguins. <laughs> and they also weren't drafted by the penguins. They came from other <laughs> places. So, like, in what world? Like, I'm trying to think, like, how do you justify the fact? I mean, I guess because they we drafted him and developed him, we're like, hey, he's ours. But I'm like, there's a lot of, a lot of NHL guys that have gone you know, been drafted, done well, or barely had a cup of coffee with their current mm-hmm. team and then went somewhere else and did well. It, it's just the way yeah, it is. Yeah, Let's say Crosby and Malkin were, were all, like, they've been together for so long. And yeah, their whole yeah, careers. Were they, like, second on the list of people who've been together the longest? Like a trio? Hmm. I can't remember. No, I think they were number one. They were one. number one. I think they were number it's, one because it not was normal. 16 years. Yeah, it's not normal. It's not. <laughs> it's not normal. And I think that's the people, like, cry because it happened, not because it's over. <laughs> I think that's what people need to do. Like, just as a as a Penguin fan who is deep in tradition and the organizational, like I, like I said. Like, it's going to suck. I'm happy it happened. I, I'm happy it happened. But also, I'm a big fan. You guys know this. I I have no problem as a sports fan 
healing band-aids. It's what you have to do. And because you have Rust, Gino, and Latang, all free agents, Rust is probably going to look for a big contract. Gino, I don't know what he's going to get, but I'm willing to bet someone's going to give him an absorbent amount of money. Whatever. Oh. And Latang. So and not to be understated is the the call to the center bell for all French Canadians. They all want to play for Montreal for whatever reason. Lurie like, ain't going there. Don't get too excited. <laughs> it's it's like a it's a thing though. Like you talk to any of them and they all say, Oh yeah, I watched the Habs growing up and whatever. They'd like to play for that team. All of them kind of want to play for the Canadians, it seems I like. think under the right circumstances. That yes, of course. Kind of to bring it back to like Jeff Gordon. I think the fact that he is not only trying to modernize the franchise, but I think what they're trying to do is you look at kind of the people they brought in. They're either they're either completely I wouldn't call them off the wall because they're not off the wall. But they brought in Kent Hughes, who's someone respected. He knows kind of the agent game, the NHL game in general. He's been dealing with people for a long time. Jeff Gordon, really good at developing, really good at smart guy in general. They got Bobaroff, who was in the New York Rangers as a European scout. Clearly, he knows what he's doing, given some of the European prospects the Rangers have gotten over the course of the last couple of years. And then, two, you look at St. Louis, who's a little bit of an oddball, you could call it, but he's also outside. Like he, he's not in the NHL. He's not a retread. He's not Michelle Terry and Claude Julian <laughs> or Alan Vigneault, all the guys right. they've literally had the last 30 years. So I think it's like, it's good. It's good for the organization. It shows that they're attempting to change. And I like it. I, I kind of, like I said, I think the NHL, same with the Flyers. When Montreal is good, the league is good. You need, you actually financially for the league, they need Montreal to be very good. It doesn't matter next year if Arizona goes 82 and 0 in Tempe because they still aren't covering anyone's bills. <laughs> Montreal needs to be good for the league in general. They need them to be very good. I agree with that. They're one of those those star markets that just has to be good. They they need to be good. I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think we should uh, turn the conversation because I was just reminded, I forget why, of uh, stories that came out of old fat bald guys hockey this this past Sunday. You you were telling us in Discord that you had to play your game four on four. <laughs> oh yeah, talk about a league that's just going downhill fast. <laughs> I mean, we as we may as well go play in Tempe. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's what it was. So, we sell just as many tickets. So we kinda, <laughs> Yeah, we sell just as many tickets. <laughs> yep. So it's kind of funny. Like, I was getting dressed. I usually get there early because I play music and I stretch and I just, I don't know. I have nothing better to do on a Sunday, so whatever. So I'm there early. Somebody else comes in and we're just talking. And it was like 30 minutes of the game. And we're like, oh, man, it's going to be a long night. It's just you and I. And we're just chuckling. <laughs> and then... Like two other guys walk in. We're like, oh man, this kind of sucks. Like whatever. Thinking more people kind of, we have quite a few people that show up like literally two minutes till we go on the ice mm. and they're dressed <laughs> and out the door before everybody. It's kind of weird, they but whatever. Yeah, they yeah. zip their gear on. It's like a one piece <laughs> suit. But, um, so we finally take the ice with six skaters and looking over the other team only had seven. So we, I made the joke, oh, we should just do a shootout 
or do or do all-star rules and play three on three jokingly but we ended up playing four on four for the entire game and uh, <laughs> ice time. It, it was different it was a lot of ice time it was different but i i mean the way i look at it like i skated with some of my buddies and i had a good time it was funny and then i guess on the other rink as well it was really? pretty yeah, sparse a little, a little short too good times getting nuts out here <laughs> people got stuff to do I think it was a big, it was a big like tournament weekend. Everybody was, everybody's at tournaments. It's President's Day. Yeah. It's President's Day, so yeah. so that's why everybody, that's everybody's running around. Yeah, it, it it's fine. It's not a big deal. It's fine. Um, actually, I I would love to talk about the Brad Marchand thing. Do you guys want to talk about that really quick? Sure, really quick. Did you hear about yeah. it? Did you hear about it? Oh, what? Just so, that he said that that Jari said, <laughs> "Look at that save," and that was the yeah. whole thing. And, so Brad so Marchand punched him over tells that. about the rat. God. But, but if you but if you remember, uh so Brad Marchand that is got not what he said. got suspended. <laughs> well, hold on. Brad Marchand got suspended for six games. He appealed the six game suspension, and in the appeal it came out that he punched Jari in the face <laughs> because Jari made a save on him like a few seconds of four, and Jari said, How about that fucking save? <laughs> and Brad Marchant was so incensed by this, he just clocked him in the grill. But if you remember there's, last there's year, there's no way that's what he said. But if you remember last year, Brad Marchant like was all bent because Panarin went nuts on him. If you remember during the Ranger game, because apparently Brad Marchant told him, "Hey, nobody in Russia likes you." And <laughs> Yeah, right. Aaron went all nuts, and then after the game, he's like, "I don't know, guy doesn't have tough skin. Like, what's my problem? I don't know." So, like, if you're if if Brad Marchand's actually telling me that, like, he just said, "Nice save, bud," like, and that's what set him off. Like, get out of here, Brad. Like, he did not tell you that. Like, no, on, way. Like, yeah. no way. No <laughs> way. But but earlier in the game, like he yeah. Jari was like picking the puck up. He's trying to give the puck to him. Rashad hates fans. That's a hot take. <laughs> Brad Marshawn may hate fans, but we sure don't. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We appreciate your support you give us every week. Be sure to tell your friends and teammates and everybody about our show if you like it. It helps us get new listens in that. That's always nice. The other thing that helps us out and makes us feel good is to join us on Discord and talk to us. Discord is how the four of us talk to each other every day. So we see everybody who's in our Discord server. We talk with some of our past guests and fans and stuff. It's great. We love it. You should really come be a part of the conversation. Beersandalot.com slash Discord to get there. All right. Riggs should hopefully be back next week. But until then, thanks again. We'll see you.